0: So hi, Mark. Now let's talk about micro frontends, JSF, JavaScript, and web.
1: Good morning again. <laughs> Good morning again. The, the second part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that, um, In the previous um, block yeah. podcast, uh, we yeah. kind of talked about microservices and how they kind of behave and how we treat them on the backend level. But uh we didn't um talk about how we do front end for those because all the backends are neat, mm-hmm. but except you're doing patches and stuff like that. Um you we also need a front end for it. Yeah. And I I've seen a lot of Angular, some few JS, um some Vardin projects, and I still have a few oldish JSF applications. And funnily, while JSF, JSF two is, um, actually not that modern and people kind of, uh, say, ooh, this is so old technology. It in my eyes appears to be the best fit for modularized backends because you can have a deep link to another application and all those kind of, uh, backend servers or, or self-contained systems, which have backend modularized, uh, beat microservices are a little bit fatter, um, and their UI. And they all use the same CSS, the same images, the same styling, um, and a single sign on. And you kind of, the user don't even see that they are actually switching applications because it appears to be one big applications and the company could add new, a, a, a server with an additional functionality, just add them to the menu, which is sort of kind of globally maintained via a database or a LDAP or whatever. Um, and. Then you have a new part of the application with a completely different development and deployment lifecycle. And it's just kind of integrated via deep links. And for the user, it appears to be one big application, but actually it's 15 different servers. Yeah. And how do you do the same with Angular, with Vue.js, with Vardin?
0: Yeah. So first, uh, Java server Every like, time you
1: have the JavaScript loading crinkle.
0: Yeah uh Java server faces jsf uh first uh even in startups mm-hmm. we use jsf and uh jsf in my eyes is uh one of the most productive technologies out there and uh it's f- especially okay. f- especially for people who don't like you know, or don't have uh, lots of knowledge about web but even then what you get in jsf for free is uh data binding between uh, client on server for free and uh, even data validation in browser and on the server without any code duplication for free, and uh, but JSF uh, is uh, has two problems. The problems are not technical, rather than uh, organizational or people problem. First, um, in uh, most large companies, what happened before was um, an architect decided which which uh, uh, JSF components have to be used, or prime faces back then, rich faces, ice faces. We had lots of faces, mm-hmm. the uh, my faces, and uh, and and uh, the users never saw oh, actually the components. And uh, the problem mm-hmm. was that the users, the end users, wanted to have something different because and they did didn't know the limits about the JSF comp- from the JSF components. And what happened then is developers were forced to provide functionality, let's say for a table, let's say a table with a column with a tree view. And uh, th- such mm-hmm. a functionality was not available out of the box. And now there, w- no, there was no one in the project who said to the end user, look, this is now how it works. Take it or leave it. So either we use the JSF component or not. So mm-hmm. they then forked the components, had to know to change the Java source code plus the emitting uh, or the generation of CSS and uh, JavaScript. And this is beginning of the end. If you do this, you are forking the whole suite of components. And on the next release, you have basically a fork and it is is way too expensive. So this was the first problem. The next problem of JSF... No problem. This is now architectural consideration. JSF is a server-centric framework. So it means it runs entirely on the server and it generates the code or the HTML pages which run in a browser. And uh, this is very good for forms-based or flows, wizards, but you cannot write offline applications. And uh, what we do in projects, sometimes we need something like Swing or JavaFX in a browser, and in this particular case, we write the code with uh, JavaScript, which runs in a browser and communicates with the backend Via Jacksorez, Rest, and Jason, so there is. Uh, it looks like almost like you know, microservice to microservice communication, but in this case, a browser communicates with the backend.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, a funny, funny thing. <laughs> we we once have been in a big company, and they kind of uh, they decided to use Vardin, which is OK technology, um, and their main argument was first. Uh, with Vardin you don't have to know HTML and this is correct, completely correct uh, but uh, the second argument was well our servers they don't have to deal with it and JSF is so expensive on the servers and <laughs> this argument is completely bonkers yes. because um of course, JSF used to be expensive, but MyFaces pushed the boundaries so much. And Mohara also is now so much better and lighter on the server and the server got stronger. So it's no problem to serve 50,000 users on one server. And the, the fun thing is that they are now uh, having, uh, Vardin. And if we kind of looked at how their whole architecture is, then they had kind of <laughs> Microsoft terminal servers. And mm-hmm. all the, the clerks, the 10,000 clerks, just have fin clients. Mm-hmm. They connect to the, the server. And so instead of having one JSF application on the backend, they now have um, a Vardin backend, mm-hmm. which kind of serves JavaScript. And the JavaScript runs on the terminal servers, <laughs> which is also the centralized servers again. And you know that the, the CPU, the load on CPUs for rendering a JSF page is kind of five milliseconds mm-hmm. and uh, building this in, uh, in Microsoft uh, EA, Internet Explorer uh, is kind of a second of JavaScript execution for each and every page, which yeah. is really terrible on the CPU. <laughs> no, so I, this mean,
0: is... I mean, this JSF on the server should consume CPU and memory. And if the team is yeah, faster, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. So the whole yeah. discussion that JSF, you know, consumes CPU. I mean, everything consumes CPU. And yeah, the sure. and the and the server-side rendering with uh, React and Angular with Node will consume even more CPU than JSF yeah, consumes. Should. So I mean, this is like the discussion is just forget it. But uh, the, where JSF was extremely successful in project was what I did is I showed the client before we started so client the users. Showcase. Mm -hmm. So they got, you know, Prime Faces, Showcase, a demo, and say, look, just take the components and they are available as they are. There will be no modifications. And if we take that and and implement application with it, we will be extremely productive. No other, we can change the color, we can change the font, but we cannot change how it works. And then...
1: Yeah, you can can also add custom components. It's not that much effort, but I would not suggest to fork like Prime Faces and... Add additional functionality, except you are contributing to prime Faces, exactly, which is completely valid. Yeah. Uh, Thomas and Rushko from from Germany, for example, is now one of the uh, the number one prime Faces contributors because he just didn't fork it in house; he mm-hmm. contributed back.
0: Exactly, this is different. This is completely different, but this never happens in my business project. And you, we already talk how my, my typical project looks like. Mm-hmm. So there will be no. mission impossible to convince my client to contribute PrimeFace's code back. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't work. So uh, what it means, even with startups, what we have, we uh, often have back-office applications written in JSF because they just, you know, copy and paste, crud. we get, you know, you can write in three days the whole back-office thing. And if we would like to push the boundary, what's possible in the web, we use JavaScript, CSS, and HTML because you cannot, uh, you cannot do this with... A framework which which has prepared components is just impossible. So the the JSF yeah. for me is just code generation of HTML and they are limits which is possible. And more and more, you know, uh, we have to be more flexible and this is okay. And offline possibility. But, but, so what also happens? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's, that's okay. We've write you kind of
0: yeah. Hmm? We've write uh, HTML applications, uh, HTML five applications which uh, can operate completely offline without the server. So this happens also more. So we don't write native code to Android on iOS. We have one HTML5 app which works everywhere and it looks reasonable. It is not no perfect iOS app, but it's good enough.
1: So no kind of uh, native uh, client apps? No.
0: And uh, my approach in the front end is exactly the same as in the backend. Sometimes I tell you know the, the people, this is Java E-stick Java approach to frontend. And uh, I have to say, you will love it, so what I'm doing. So the last two years, three years, you could actually write in front-end, in browser, Java code, uh, JavaScript code, which looks like Java. It is so similar that uh, if I spend too much time in the front-end, I have problems not to write Java code because in Java we have the thin arrow lambda function and the JavaScript fat arrow. In uh, JavaScript, if you have an array, you can do map and filter without the stream. And in Java, I have to say, you know, array.stream.map. As yep. it's very, very similar. And um, what we do um uh, to my clients, I don't use any framework. So um, I had uh the first time in my life I spoke at JavaScript conference. It was IGS international JavaScript conference in Munich. And this was just I was inter- I was interested actually what happens. I did something like you know. The title was like Building uh, Progressive Web Apps Without Frameworks. And, of course, the whole JavaScript conference talk about frameworks. And uh, my, my room was full, <laughs> and the people was, were amazed. How much can you achieve without frameworks? This, this is what I really did. I thought it would be a disaster So in my talk, but it worked well. What we are doing is we just use web standards. And what web standards are is basically very similar to JCP, what we have or what we had. And as uh, is basically whatever you can find in MDN, Mozilla Developer Network. This is such a web standard. And the cool story is if you search, for instance, now an in MDN in Google and let's say Fetch, you will find a Java doc-like API of the web standard. What my Java developers really like or love even, they say, okay, cool. Now we have no CDLI. There's one standard which will never change and we can just use it. And to structure such applications, we use so-called web components. What this basically is? Yeah, I know this. Polymer. Uh, no. Uh, Polymer is forbidden, of course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, we we use native web components. So it means it looks uh-huh. like class, let's say class uh, drink view extends HTML element. And this is the web mm-hmm. component. And then you say custom elements define and you give the name of the, of the tag. And the, the point is you don't need Polymer anymore the web components are available in all browsers on earth so it's absolutely except opera mini or whatever so and um, and we structured the whole system with this web components and uh, we on developer machines there is no tricks npm we don't need npm nothing we just use browser and javascript mm-hmm. and modules for instance come out of the box so there is a, so yeah so we back have no to framework
1: to pure html Basically. Yeah,
0: what we did twenty years ago, exactly the discussion we know with yeah. distribution is uh, pure HTML, but the HTML is semantic. So we have nice tags mm-hmm. and the name of the tags is name of the components. So it looks pretty much like you know, a no a well written swing or Java application, applications, but just with JavaScript. So there's actually no difference. And mm-hmm. the tags look like, you know, uh, let's say what is your name of a company? You I forgot it. Uh you have a company, right?
1: Uh, I'm working for a company right now. Yeah, Rise. 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 Yeah.
0: R I S E. Then would be R, R bin uh, minus or R dash dash view because the web components have to have you know always the dash to not uh-huh. to have collisions with the standard text. Yeah. So it'd be R view, R nav, R customer, R uh-huh. client. Okay. So you structure semantically the whole thing, and then you can with CSS3. You can, depending on, you know, the resolution or whatever you have, you say it is landscape mode or portrait mode, you can rearrange afterwards all the tags. And this happens with CSS Grid, which is very, very similar to yeah. grid-back layout, something like this. This is uh, nicer than grid-back layout, but is as as mighty as the... As, as is,
1: is CSS Grid now a functionality of the CSS standard? I know yes. CSS 96 In all browsers.
0: It is, it is, it is available oh, everywhere. Okay. So, this is so really. So, we don't have, you know, no bootstrap, no foundation, no Angular. And Angular, uh, I kill Angular in projects, most of my projects, because what you have to know, Angular follows semantic versioning and they have two major releases a year. So, potentially, they can introduce a small breaking changes. And uh, right now, I have uh, actually, yesterday, I also performed a code review of a front end project. It was written in Angular 5. Now we have Angular nine, but the project I think is one year in production or something like this. One hundred seventy uh, security risks because it was not upgraded, for instance. <laughs> so and uh, the cool story is in my world. So what I what we are doing is uh, there will be no migrations because we just use uh, web standards and they will never change. And uh, this is really easy to learn. Um, I have some you know some screen cuts in my YouTube channel if you like. So this is like uh, mm-hmm. it is really fun. And uh, and people ask me then why you need frameworks, and this is you need frameworks for very specific cases, but you can absolutely build such a such a business application with just you know plain JavaScript ES six. This is the name, and there is ES seven mm-hmm. and e- 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 ES eight, but there are two new ES six is available in all browsers, CSS three is available in all browsers, so we just go you know the web standards way. Backscript six, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is, this is actually oh. old. And now and, and to micro you... Now Now comes the trick because you ask yeah. me what mm-hmm. we do, how to compose such a thing. It's a funky story in JavaScript. They have so-called modules, which basically are imports statements <laughs> in Java. So you can say import, you know, uh, and something, which was exported from a file. And in browser, you can say import, let's say a customer component from, and you specify a relative path to the JavaScript file. What's cool, you can use you can use URIs for that. So what we can mm-hmm. do, our application can load from different uh, from different uh, HTTP servers uh, parts dynamically, and uh, this is called now microfrontends. So this is the new term, but this uh, is just loading, you know, uh, just composing a larger applications from parts, and these parts can come they communicate can 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 communicate with different microservices so there is no clear one to one relation between microservice and such a component so usually there is but it ha- doesn't have to be that sounds
1: promising so you also don't well one of the, the biggest issue i see with kind of this this um intercom or the, the link between going from one kind of application to the other is that you always have to load the JavaScript from the other server, and then you have to loading in Kringle and the sandbox uh, spinning a second. And this, I guess, you don't have this anymore since you don't load anything from the server, and this, you just use native uh, browser resources or browser functionality.
0: Exactly, and this gets even better because we don't have this NPM built. We don't have a huge JavaScript file, so we don't overtax yeah. the client with you know one huge megabyte JavaScript file. And um, so... Before I explain this in a detail, um, you mentioned uh, Vardin. We uh-huh. use absolute Vardin in my projects, but not this Vardin you know. It's called Vardin Components. So if you search for Vardin Components, uh-huh. you will find Vardin Web Standard Custom Elements, which you can use without the Java part. So for instance, I will have in my application, so we are not crazy. We are not building tables by ourselves, date pickers or whatever. So we can pick and choose whatever we like from the web. So we can, for instance, we use Vadin tables because they are very powerful. So we have Vadin table usually. They are virtual scrolling, and this is um, if you if you search, uh, go to Vadin. Mm-hmm. It's called Vadin Grid. So you get the the, the, the Vadin stuff, and this is one tag from Vadin. Uh, this is a a, a uh, yeah HTML tag, and behind that there are custom events, so you can react to these events, and there is an API where you can access the table, so you can. You know, select, you can, as renderers, so very similar to Swing, actually, or, yeah, Yeah. Swing tables. And um, SAP, there is a UI5 framework for SAP. They made available open-source version of the framework as web components, again. For instance, they have great date picker from SAP. So we have a date picker with, uh, so we don't have to write it by ourselves. And now comes the cool part. Because we don't have any magic, we just use an always browser DOM. We can actually reuse all the jQuery Components there are millions of them like you mm-hmm. know tables with filtering grouping so we pick whatever we like we've wrapped you know the the proprietary jQuery widget with a web component and we are ready to go and uh, I had to work with uh, jQuery developers and they love it because now they there's no virtual dome no diffing nothing they just you know they they know a lots of stuff and it's okay whatever you can do do it in this component and uh, they do in this component this is local now.
1: And, and you kind of provide this on a kind of static um, HTTPD Apache web server. Yes, and they get shared by all the applications in your comp. Yes,
0: and now comes the cool part. So because in a project we we say okay we have date picker from SAP, <coughs> we have a Vadin table from somewhere else, and we have uh, we have uh, like us, a very lightweight template uh, engine. This is the remi- reminder of from Polymer. It's called Lit HTML. This is like it. It is a more secure templating way with data binding. So this is like 500, mm-hmm. 500 lines of JavaScript. So it's not like, you know, a framework. It's more like a library. And um, What's the name of it? Lit HTML. There is lit-HTML. It's a part of Polymer. And the other one is called uh, Hyper HTML. There are lots of such as such libraries. And what they are, and you know, in JDK 13, we get multi-line strings, Like Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is available in JavaScript and this is called string literal. So you have a multi-line strings and you can prepend. This is not possible in Java. In JavaScript, a name before the string and then like a template processor kicks in. You can write your own template processor and there are two built-in. This is like the lit HTML from Google and Hyper... High uh, HTML from 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 different. Uh, this an open source project. Uh, Lit HTML as well, but they are standalone open source project. And there are lots of such a uh, template engines. I pick one from Google because it's Google, and we are not really depending on it, but we are using this. The cool story is there is a build tool in uh, JavaScript. It's called Rollup JS. Rollup JS, and with that tool, we can you know create from all these uh, independent components we are using in one project. Uh, one major JavaScript file with so-called chunks. So whatever is um, no, not one. So we can use, for instance, Vadin and the date picker from SAP and Vadin. And it could happen that the date picker and the Vadin stuff have the same common component, let's say, moment.js, which does does date. So the rollup.js mm-hmm. will recognize that and create chunks which are usable. So we get multiple JavaScript files which will point to the same file now. And what comes, what's cool, we package everything and put on our own server and provide a version for it. So it says, okay, this is in my, you know, Mark Framework version one. And all mm-hmm. my uh, web services now point to, to this version one from our web server. And now magic happens. The cool story is the browser will cache that. The cool story is now, yeah, the, sure. mm-hmm. yeah because this is unique URI. And uh, we don't need anything locally. So we don't have NPM, no framework, nothing. So this is basically what we are doing. And this explodes right now. So I get more and more requests in this direction. And my clients are sick of migrating, you know, between frameworks back and forth.
1: <laughs> I understand this. And the the, the CSS uh, or the, the the view or the visualization is only changed by, like, changing uh, colors and so on. It's just by, applied by CSS yes. and you're
0: done. yes. Uh, the the markup is very simple and only CSS is allowed and we use two layout managers. One is called CSS Grid and then it says Flex Layout. Flex is unidimensional mm-hmm. and Grid is multidimensional. And uh, what you can do with Grid is you can have like uh, a, how it's called, Grid Template areas. this is the name. So you can have logical Grid. I can, tell, I can say I have no uh, details. It's called like nav footer nav section, nav header, and then you get nav on the left side. But I can say uh, header, header, nav content, footer, footer, and then the nav only is in this array. So you can very easily rearrange the whole thing without changing the markup. And the cool mm-hmm. story is, you will like it even more. We have Shadow DOM. And what Shadow DOM <laughs> means is every component can decide to be private. So you can do whatever you like in the shadow dome, and you cannot outbreak. So if you have break out, so if you have uh, if you are in the shadow dome and you do whatever CSS you do inside, you cannot destroy the layout from the whole application. Mm-hmm. So this is basically web standards, yeah. And the web standards for me, this oh, this web standards sounds like you know JCP or whatever. But this is uh, whatever we find an MDN and Mozilla Developer Network. This is the name of that. Samsung, Microsoft, uh, Google, Mozilla agreed that this is the canonical resource, which is also machine readable. So they provide, I think, in JSON. There's a whole API. But uh, This is the browser standards, browser standards from all vendors, which is perfect. So for I would say, for Java developer, is golden age right now. And whatever JavaScript does, it is very well explainable with with uh, Java. For instance, uh, JavaScript has promises. I can explain them to Java developers as futures. You know, this is very this is one-to-one. Java JavaScript says uh, web workers is very similar to message-driven beans in, in, in Java e so there, there's one-to-one relation.
1: That sounds really, really cool. Yeah. And I have no idea about all this area. I'm so such a pagan guy.
0: <laughs> no problem. So but we that, can have no more Java user group meeting somewhere in Vienna or whatever, yeah. and we can have uh one you know session. Uh, interfaces or not, and another one, I will just hack on stage this, and we can talk about this if you like.
1: That would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so.
0: Any questions left?
1: No, I don't think. I have to kind of uh, go through this, and I I wrote on a text pad, I kind of have about a page full of things I have to look up now.
0: Yeah, and this will be show (laughs) notes as well, so I will provide the show notes, so you can also you know Mm -hmm. take a look at the show notes. Cool. Okay, cool. Now I have to work. (laughs) Okay, then thanks again. Thank you.
1: uh, See you next time. Okay, bye. Ciao.